Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are queer to answer your questions. I'm Sev. I'm Gina. And I'm Cheyenne. Class is now in session, and today we are talking about heteronormativity, which is kind of a big word. How are we going <laughs> to? That's a big word for Elmo. <laughs> yeah, that's a big word for Elmo. <laughs> How are we going to define heteronormativity, y'all? Let's, do, let's start with that, just in case some people don't know. Heteronormativity for me, I would think is just the fact that society sees you as straight until you're not. They don't really think of the queer community lifestyle on the same level. It's secondary. It's something you have to claim that you're different. So it's just like the fact that hetero is normal to most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, according to the dictionary, heteronormativity describes the ways in which heterosexuality is normalized through myriad practices so that it becomes naturalized as the only legitimate form of sexuality. Mm-hmm. So, yep. a lot of big words yeah. just to explain what we just said that uh, yeah. just people assuming that straightness is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's why so many of us struggle with like, compulsory heterosexuality and like Mm -hmm. heteronormativity even in queer relationships like trying Mm -hmm. to replicate those same like stereotypes those same things that like the media bombards us with and like what we're told growing up is the norm and just because it's like what most people generally do I don't even think it's what most people generally do especially at this point like I feel like it's just what is shown um and even like most people like even straight couples like they're different yeah I think heteronormativity is really damaging to everybody like it's not good for anybody involved including straight people Mm -hmm. especially because like I know some couples who always get the questions of like when are you getting married when are you having kids and for some people who don't have it as easy to have kids those questions can be really damaging and it's just enforcing these narratives that there's one way to live and that success looks Mm -hmm. like one way of Mm -hmm. living and that's so I mean obviously that's damaging to the queer community because we have a million ways of being queer Mm -hmm. I don't even think straight people you're hurting yourself yeah yeah it's like the idea of like the nuclear family like mom dad two and a half kids the American dream or whatever but everyone lives their life a different way and we don't don't all want a husband a wife 2.5 kids a dog and white thick fence Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was literally told when I was dating a man at this point, I was literally told that I'm selfish and like wasting my potential because I don't want to get pregnant and have kids. Um, I might like to have kids someday, but like, I don't want to be pregnant. Like, I don't want to go that round. That's like completely valid. But like heteronormativity is like, no, like you must use your childbearing uterus. Like you have to like, re- like repopulate. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm going off on a tangent now. But basically what I was going to say mean, is I don't. It's, it's not oh. the norm. It's not the norm. If, yeah. If, I mean, this can get like- me to go on a tangent too. Like, man, at this point, I've always loved kids. I've grown up like taking care of kids or like babysitting being a part of a daycare, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, maybe I want kids. I don't know. We'll see what happens when I'm older. Now that I'm older, I'm like, to be frank, kids are getting shot in their schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, me, I don't yeah. want to get too political on here. It's but like, scary It's terrifying. Yeah. Amongst a million other things wrong with yeah. the world. Amongst everything else. I've actually been literally saying since I was 12 that I don't want to have kids. And I think it took till I was 22 for anybody to take me seriously. I just wow. forever. I heard like, you'll change your mind. We'll I'm see surprised they even took you seriously at 22 because people like, yeah. I think after in their 40 years, 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big personality. So I think by 22, they were like, Gina's going to do her own thing. And then like a year <laughs> later, I was like, and I'm gay. And that's when they were really like, like all yeah, my I- younger cousins get asked about like, when are you going to have boyfriends, get married on my end, radio silence. Mm-hmm. And you know what? <laughs> Good. Perfect. Yeah. yeah my, yeah, I asking. always remember my little sister used to say, I'm going to have a kid. And we would be like, oh, what about your husband? And she'd go, I don't want that. She okay, was like, baby Sam. She, she was like, uh, I'm going to be a mother by myself. And I was like, yeah. period. Okay. Yeah. But I remember I all the say- adults, like my grandma would always be like, don't say that. You're going to have a husband. And I was like, no, she's not. Like I knew at like 10. I'm like, she doesn't want that yeah. girl. <laughs> I've always been so like anti the heteronormativity, like that I was like saying gay shit before I knew just how gay I was like when I was with my ex-boyfriend I was like I will never marry him I will never like marry a man like take his name be his wife but I would marry a woman just to say fuck you to the establishment yeah that's why girl you're gay (laughs) so somebody asked I've known I was gay for 11 years now and I've never been with a man but I still can't get the wife husband and kids stereotype out of my head how do you do it that one's interesting. Um, it's not like it was ever in me. any of our heads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never, I mean, I wanted like five kids until like recently. And now I'm like, uh, I like to take a nap in the middle of the day. I don't want to have to like entertain a child all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's always been like a thing that I've wanted, but I don't think that's something that I would need um, like a husband for, or even a partner in general, True. if I wanted to have kids, I've never had like that wife, husband, like I would like to get married, but also at the same time, it's not that important to me. I don't know. I feel like I've never had that stereotype in my head. I think a lot of people see the husband, wife, kid stereotype as like a signal of success. Like this is Mm -hmm. what a successful life looks like. You built a family, Mm -hmm. maybe you have a successful career, but I think there's a lot of ways to have a successful life. And it's not just this heteronormative way of having, you know, the white picket fence. And I think it comes back to what I said earlier about the, like, just the nuclear family and how that was beat into everybody's heads. I mean, especially our parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My grandpa actually said to me a few years ago, like while I had a long-term girlfriend, he was like, you need to find like a rich boyfriend. And I like (laughs) got so pissed and I was like, you know, I have a girlfriend, like you've met her. And he was like, yeah, I'm just saying you need to find like a rich boyfriend. And it's just like, I get, he's like making a joke. Like I get, he's like not that serious about it, but also it like really pissed me off that he like, is like, no, you need to like strive for this like rich man to take care of you. And speaking of heteronormativity, actually, when I mentioned that, I did just think about how my parents used to feed me like seafood and like like crab and like lobster and like steak and shit from like a young age because they wanted me to be like an expensive date for a man to like like <laughs> if a man was like gonna like take me out I would be like expensive and like hurt his wallet and now that's th- kind of backfired because it's just like hurting my own wallet because I have expensive dates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so okay. Your mother's a Taurus. Yeah, she is. So, so Taurus. Okay. That's yeah. so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I think that's just something that you have to kind of like rewire it in your brain. I don't know. I don't know how you, I would get over that. Um, I feel like maybe make like a list of other successes or other things that you see people like accomplishing mm-hmm. in life that you want to strive for. I mean, I think a lot of, breaking free of heteronormativity is rewiring your brain and starting to realize that there's 
a lot of things that were taught that's like not true mm-hmm. and, you know yeah. I think it's just like open up your mind and yeah rewiring good way to rewire your brain is to spend so much time online in queer spaces like queer tiktok mm-hmm. and yeah queer twitter that you forget that straight people exist and then you'll be like <laughs> what the fuck you yeah, have straight people kids? are weird when I see like a I kind of do couple, sometimes when I see a straight couple <laughs> on my tiktok for you page I'm like where did you come from yeah I'm like um, wow there's a whole other side who let you here yeah right but another point too it's also nice to be easy on yourself when you do like have those thoughts like don't get mad that you're like oh I'm thinking so such in a heteronormative way like there was this thing that I heard once that was like when you have a thought that you don't like the first thing that comes to your mind is what you've been taught And the second thing that comes to your mind is what you believe. So if you think of something and you're like, oh, no, that was not what I believe, but you like corrected it in your own head. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you think that. It just means that's like like what has been part of your brain and programmed in there for so long. So that's something to remind yourself of. Yeah, exactly. Correcting yourself, which is the first step to starting to rewire. Yeah. Yeah. So on the same topic of rewiring, somebody asked... How do I rewire my brain to view women less through the male gaze and through my own? And very similarly, I'm scared of using or seeing women like how men use and see women. How do I change that? Oof. I love this one. I think it's a question that so many sapphic women have thought of because it is something like, you know, misogyny is so deeply ingrained in our society and yeah when I uh see a woman in public that I find attractive I'm not like looking at her and being like "Ooh, she's hot like I want to talk to her like 99.99999% of the time I'm like literally comparing myself to her or like being like wow I wish I had those features and I feel like that is also like a facet of like Mm -hmm. internalized misogyny through heteronormativity because it's like seeing women as competition or Mm -hmm, like what you need to aspire to be rather than like someone that you're attracted to I don't know I feel like I just don't see most women that way and I don't know if that also is like the heteronormative programming yeah because like I remember being young and hanging out with boys and them saying things about girls and like on the outside I just giggle along because I was Mm -hmm. 14 and those were my bros but like Mm -hmm. in the inside you're like I didn't like that you know yeah And that's just part of, maybe part of like our culture. And it kind of plays into this whole male gayest thing. Mm -hmm. We're taught not to assert ourselves because then you're a bitch and you're- Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're you're hard to get were If I were to to stand up for it, if I were to say something in a group of me and 14 year old boys, they'd be Mm -hmm. like- You'd be ostracized, and yeah, you'd be like the weird girl like, you don't want to hang out with anymore. You're not and like, even be- you're you're being so lame. Like, <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what I probably get? Adults. You're being you're being so gay. <laughs> they were 14 year old boys, and then they'd know? be like no homo bro <laughs> <sighs> I mean I didn't have like I mean I had guy friends but I wouldn't say that that I have the same experience mm-hmm. but I feel like being like pansexual I'm checking everybody out all the time but I'm not <laughs> sexualizing them yeah like I feel like you can check someone out and be like they are so hot they're so attractive I don't know I just 
like yeah. to look at people because people yeah. are, are pretty but like mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that I'm picturing them like bent over screaming my name I'm just like yeah. whoa I want to keep looking at them they look really good where are you going can I talk to you yeah here. <laughs> that, yeah and it's like part of this conversation I think goes into when men see women as like an object or like yeah I want to go fuck this person so I'm yeah. going to go talk to them tonight and mm-hmm. I think just not having that mindset it's a perfect yeah. start to yeah, not just try to like see to them as a three-dimensional human. Yeah. You're just, like, like actually try and get yeah. to know them. Like yeah. just find walk their mannerisms up to a attractive. Yeah, with no intention of, I mean, you can walk up and be like, this person's hot and I'm attracted to them, but without like turning it into, I'm going to take this person home tonight and we are going to have hot, passionate sex. Mm-hmm. And that is all that I want from them. Because if they right. uh, don't right. respect your advances, it's like, okay, cool. But I'm still going to talk to you. And that yeah. is one yeah. way I think. Just want to get to know someone and like be nice to them and don't expect anything more from that interaction and see where exactly. it goes. If something more happens, yeah. sweet. Yeah. If not, and I think that's okay. I think like another way to rewire your brain too. And we talked a little bit about this, like in, I think it was the queer style episode, like seeing people through the Western standard of beauty, I think is damaging. Yeah. People are so beautiful in so many different ways. And so you do have to kind of rewire. I mean, it is heteronormative. I think to think of women in a certin way is like one way to be hot, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then I I also want to touch on the, uh, I'm scared of using women, how men use women. Yeah. I feel like we're mostly talking about like seeing. And I feel like a right. big one for that, like even if you're like on Tinder, say, and you like meet someone, you want to hook up with them, just like communicate if that's all you want, if you want something yeah. more. If, mm-hmm. you're, if you're done, if it's not working out, like I feel like ghosting is like a big thing that makes people feel used and like, yeah. you know, having like a one night stand, never talking to them again, like just yeah. communicate and be like, that was good. I don't really, I'm not really pursuing anything else or say that like up front so they can make that decision ahead of time about whether or not they want to hook up with you. Cause I've definitely had mm-hmm. a lot of experiences where I felt, you know, used afterwards because it's like, you thought someone was into you and then, you know, they disappear after you have sex. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like that's like a big way to prevent that. I also think it's that men see women in this like conquest thing and they think they have to like trick them and i think a lot of men lead women on because they'll mm. think that women don't just want to hook up so they have to say like yeah i'm open mm. for whatever yeah. and then like <laughs> later that's not the case and so i think like i mean i'm generalizing men so like sorry if i'm offending men who are listening i'm mostly referring to the not good ones who don't know how to communicate so mm-hmm. no matter who you are be better yeah <laughs> and com- just <laughs> communicate what you want And I think that's a thing that like trickles over like a heteronormativity thing into the queer community. Yeah. Either women or, you know, non-binary, anyone has had that done to them. And Mm -hmm. then they do that to other people because they're like, oh, that's normal. And that's like another way to like stop the heteronormativity. Like just communicate. Don't play the games. Don't play the, the chase, the conquest. Yeah. And also going back to the seeing people thing, one of our next questions was, can you ever completely break free from the male gaze? I think that I ties wish. in pretty well, <laughs> right? Like, oh God, if, if only. only. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, ha- I need to clarify that question. So are we saying, mm-hmm. can you ever break free of seeing others? No, are men going to ever stop seen? seeing me as an object? I no, took it as not. Yeah, I took it as kind of both. Like, can you ever break free from men only viewing you as objects, 
And also, can you ever, I think the answer to can you ever completely break free from the male gaze as like you viewing people through the male gaze, I think the answer is yes. Yeah. But if it's can you ever break free of the male gaze as in men viewing you yeah mm, unfortunately yeah I, I don't think that I don't believe so when um I just had my hair dyed pink and it wasn't like the pink I wanted it was kind of like a good thing for me because I feel like I don't know maybe you have this experience Gina I feel like a lot of men especially like older men are like turned off by like the colorful bright hair mm-hmm. and I was like this is a good thing like I felt like kind of like honestly like the heteronormativity the male gaze like I was like oh my god people Mm -hmm. are gonna think I'm so ugly now they're gonna like look at me walking Mm -hmm. around and they're gonna be like what a little weirdo but then I was like you know what majority of those people are probably gonna be like old men that I don't want looking at me anyways and I want them to think that I'm ugly so this is a fucking good Mm -hmm. thing like I love this bright hair like I I used to I used to bartend at like this old like dingy hometown bar so it was all just like the regulars and the old guys and I remember I went from blonde to pink and I went into work and they were like mm-hmm. what did you do with your hair why would you do that to and I was yeah. like hello look at me <laughs> oh I was my just God, telling so my funny. girlfriend though that I haven't like now that my hair's not pink I have not been getting as many compliments on my hair and most of the compliments were from women so I'm like yeah women do I, love. I love the queer codedness of yeah. like colorful hair I, I, well, I mean like hair. the pink was really good it was a moment I know. I'm gonna bring the pink back just not that shade like not the magenta yeah cute cute um, cute goodness well, gracious th- thanks for calling me cute which brings us into the next question <laughs> is it harder for men to compliment each other's looks than it is for women to compliment each other I think yes we we made a joke earlier no homo like yeah. I think that's so ingrained in our like men because of this heteronormativity thing like straight men are so afraid of being seen as gay Mm -hmm. or like even leaning towards it that complimenting your bros is not a thing like I remember my last relationship him and all his guy friends would always compliment each other and they'd be like make sure to give your homies a kiss good night like that kind of thing but it was always a joke and they'd be like Like their friend would walk in and they'd be like, damn, dude, you're looking sexy tonight. But it was like, just telling me looks nice. Like you don't even turn it into this big extravagant thing to make it like a silly little joke. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it like turns into- It's like, we're gay now. Because we're complimenting each other. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like generalizing a little bit and I don't care because I'm generalizing men. So I'm sorry. (laughs) But like men are fragile. They're fucking fragile. Yeah. It's men, but it's also- it goes right into our topic. It's heteronormativity. It's the fear of being perceived as gay or feminine or anything that society deems as lesser. Mm-hmm. Well, society punishes us for straying well, from those right. norms. Yeah. Well, and I think it's easier for women to compliment each other because women are heteronormatively more into looks and fashion and makeup and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it's not seen as queer. It is seen as like girls being girls. And that's just mm-hmm. what we like talk about. And I hate to make it this like man, women, cause it's not even this, but like in a heteronormative society, it is that, which is what's annoying. But I think it's easier for women to be a little more complimentary and yeah. men, that's like a test to your ego. That's some toxic masculinity shit. And like the only <laughs> men that mm-hmm. I've seen actually compliment each other without it being fucking weird and just having it being like a normal moment are men who are really confident with themselves mm-hmm. and are 
not like afraid to have their, yeah. you know, their masculinity challenge yeah. because right. they don't give a fuck about it in the first place. Yeah. Even though we're not. Yeah. I feel like that also goes back to the fact that like most men aren't going to compliment you unless they're trying to get something from you. Yeah. Mostly yep. sex. Yeah. Like you never hear a man tell another man to smile. Like they're yeah. not walking by man being like, hey, smile. Like mm. why why you have that mean face and you or look on your face? Smile. Yeah. Like, no, they're doing it to women because they see us as like, yeah, they see women Fuckable. as like some something, yeah. Like yeah. I like that point a lot. Like men just think that everyone is sexualizing everyone mm-hmm. because that's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so if they're complimenting someone, it's because they want sex. So they can't compliment their bros because they don't want sex from their bros. so another question that we got is why are so many bi women afraid of other women I feel like that ties into the heteronormativity because it's like what what we're shown on tv and in songs and like in every form of media it's shown like as like man pursues woman and like you don't really do the opposite unless you're like very bold and it's like I don't know I feel like heteronormativity does tie into that like I don't think it's like an inherent bisexual thing either because there are a lot of lesbians who are afraid of other women too <laughs> like yeah. it's yeah. not yeah I think that some bi women are used to being hit on by men mm-hmm. so it's just a question mm-hmm. of like how do I do this aren't women just mm-hmm. gonna hit on me can't they just I, come to me yeah because um that ju- I, yeah and it is something that as I've like come to terms with my sexuality I've had to get more comfortable with like hitting on people and stuff even when I like match with women on tinder or bumble or whatever I'm like mm-hmm. what if they just want to be my friend like I don't know you mm-hmm. know and they it's don't like this weird yeah just and assume that they want to fall in love with you and have 18 babies <laughs> yeah and it's assume just they're sexualizing weird... you until they say they're not just, yeah <laughs> no honestly that's that's a good advice kind of like, do oh, that yeah. but assume they want to date assume they're trying to kiss you until they say let's yeah. just be friends it is intimidating yeah. though yeah yeah for sure so I want to ask because I mentioned when I was at some point when I was talking you know I hate to make this men and women and I know we often will kind of say like men and Mm non-men I'm I'm saying all of this because one of our questions is what can I say instead of male slash female and I think this is just so hard because like we live in such a gendered heteronormative society that right. it's like mm-hmm. the main thing is like never use male or female in the place of man or woman like females automatic red flag don't do that oh but my like, god male gaze oh, obviously yeah. as a descriptive term it's fine but like if you're saying like males females or a female I like, hate that's when not guys okay. say females I'm like mm-hmm. what are you like when they're like oh there's gonna be lots of females it's, there I'm like yeah and I'm, is I've it the discovery it's channel like the, it's like the uh male podcasters we always make fun of yeah. like it's yes. that culture like we are the opposite of them today females <laughs> females then, like, straight women do that too though like they'll say males and I'm like you're just like encouraging their bad behavior stop doing that yeah <laughs> um but yeah I feel like there's not really I don't when know like, I just people at work I usually say like hey team mm-hmm. I go hey y'all Hey y'all! It's just like I mean, we start every episode typically with "Hey everybody." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. not like "Hello, men and women, gays." Hello, like, males like- and females. <laughs> okay. Do we want to take a little break and come back? I think that's a good idea. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. <laughs> and we're back. All right. <laughs> <Who's> next. <laughs> 
<laughs> the next question that we have is what are the biggest challenges for queer couples versus hetero couples? Let's start with like mm. hetero couples. Oh goodness. Yeah. I mean, every couple has challenges. I think no matter the gender of like communication, trust, time, schedules, etc. For me, when I was dating men, a lot of my um, challenges were a lot of the gender roles that were forced on us. Yeah. I also feel like even if your partner, like even if that specific person isn't that way, there are going to be like influences around you expecting you to be that way because of heteronormativity. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. one big problem that I've experienced is like success levels, kind of. Oh, um, that's good. I graduated college before someone I was dating and they hadn't graduated yet and they ended up you know leaving school which I didn't really care about but I feel like people around us cared about it Mm -hmm. because I had started my career and they were still figuring it out like I never cared I was always like everyone's on a different path like it's whatever Mm -hmm. but it was definitely in the like spectrum of heteronormativity where any relationship where the woman is more successful than the man I feel like it mm-hmm. does turn into an issue um or it can depending on you know the level that the man has but because it men turns are into, what fragile yeah it turns into an insecurity um yeah. it turns into an issue of who's the breadwinner and who's taking yeah. care of who I remember yeah. I mean growing but- up my mom all my mom had graduated college and my dad was like he went back late to graduate and we would make jokes all the time like mom's the breadwinner and it was just Mm -hmm. like it like really yeah it's like yeah yeah because growing up my dad was taught by his dad that like you're the breadwinner Mm -hmm. and women are here for you yeah I have two very successful parents as far as like careers go Mm. and my mom is no shade to my dad but my mom's actually more educated than my dad and Mm. they're both freaking engineers and at one point my mom was like trying to do stuff for some like parent teacher thing or whatever and these stay-at-home moms were trying to like make it on like a Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m and my mom was like no I'll be at work at that time we're gonna need to do evenings and weekends and they go oh you have to work Uh, and she was like no I have a career yeah that's annoying (laughs) yeah and that's something that my mom's a badass yeah, my like my parents both do have like good careers themselves and my mom almost has her PhD and Work. my dad works at a cancer hospital like mm. but to this heteronormative structure it's like mm. because my mom has the higher degree mm-hmm. it turns into people making quips about that and I also do remember like throughout their 20s and early 30s they were like doing things that 20 and 30 year olds do they were going out they were having fun and I remember yeah. my one grandma used to always be like, I have you guys every weekend because your parents are always out. And I'd be like, yeah, my parents are having fun. Like they're going to hang out with their friends. And she'd be like, your mother should be watching you. And I'm like, and what should my father father be doing? Right. (laughs) Uh... And if it was a night where my dad would just go out and my mom would watch us, it was just like I love when men say that they have to babysit their kids. Oh like my their god! Own oh, you're gonna say that. Luckily, my dad never subscribed to like all that crap. Yeah. So that's just you know 
things that normal hetero couples definitely face. Some sound like normal. feminist issues. Well, yeah. And I think that right. kind of, and I feel like heteronormative crisscrosses is, yeah. 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 I feel like a lot of the things that we're talking about can also be issues in queer relationships. Like it's not mm-hmm. just strictly hetero, but I mm-hmm. feel like they're more prevalent, I guess. And I feel like the, yeah. re- the reasons behind these issues in like queer relationships aren't always rooted in heteronormativity. Like mm-hmm. my one ex, she like, was a bit more mask and she like felt bad that she couldn't like provide for me so I wouldn't have to like work and like take care of me but I don't think that's necessarily because she was the more masculine one I don't think it necessarily was rooted in like those societal expectations maybe it was maybe it was. I think that does happen sometimes though like has anyone you've been with ever tried to like determine who was the man or the woman in the relationship oh goodness (laughs) who's the man and who's the woman (laughs) I mean I've had you know outside sources be like so who's the man but like never mm-hmm. anyone in my relationship yeah yeah, yeah and you, I actually think that's a really good point I think a lot not all but a lot of problems that queer couples have come from outside people not the two in or whoever is in the relationship mm-hmm. yeah yeah I get yeah and that's something that has been keep like coming up and I think it's a common theme as long as you're cool with it like just try not to care what the fuck other people are saying and if they like mm-hmm. say these rude quips or if they just say stupid shit like who's the man and who's the woman we're both women that's the point right like, <laughs> that's literally yeah. the point yeah and that goes into the one question we got which is how do you explain to other people that you're a lesbian when you've been straight before and I think a lot of the issues that come along with that experience come from other people being like but you had a boyfriend like how are you a lesbian? And it's like the compulsory heteronormativity and heteronormativity in general, like society basically teaches us like, you don't know that you're gay until you know, like no one's born yet. You have to figure it out, but people can be born Mm -hmm. straight. I actually saw a tweet about this earlier. Someone was saying like 12 is too young to know that someone's bisexual, but like if a kid said they were straight at 12, that's fine. Yeah. And like society punishes you if you don't want that, especially like when you're young, like how many kids are ostracized or made fun of because they come out as bisexual like I couldn't even explore that when I was younger because I was so concerned by how my peers would treat me and like what it would do to like my place in you know the I'm thinking back I feel like a lot of the women I know come out later in life because of that reason that you were just saying like feeling yeah right. because of heteronormativity and feeling and yeah needing that male validation yeah validation from your peers and also feeling like how is everyone at school gonna react if I say I like girls um and I think it's this heteronormativity thing like they fit the mold of hetero un- heteronormative person so they just stayed in that for a while mm-hmm. right it's easier to like exist that way instead of like exactly especially in the high school to do that are so brave but, exactly like, yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think like bringing it back to the question like how do you explain to other people I think you just explained to them like I didn't know like literally explain to them compulsory heteronormativity and or just say to them like it doesn't matter like that you right. do, literally don't owe yeah, them you don't, don't have to explain anything to anyone which is yeah. the beauty of life yeah and maybe if you're explaining it to like your family or like your parents to be like right that's when you get into this deeper conversation of compulsory you have to know how to I cannot speak today compulsory heteronormativity and that's when you get into this whole deeper conversation if it's somebody that's genuinely trying to understand understand. you and understand your point of view and if they're not like dude I don't owe you an explanation this is my life I like girls yeah Yeah. 
uh, a few years ago, I actually met this guy and he was like, so you're a lesbian, huh? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what man hurt you to make you one? And I was like, none. I wish I had been like, no man hurt me. Like, that's not why I'm a lesbian. I didn't become, choose to become a lesbian because of that. Mm -hmm. But also all men hurt me. Fuck you. Like, (laughs) yeah. And I think that's something we can address that idea that like, some women are like, I'm just going to be a lesbian now because all men hurt me. And it's like, it's and it's just like, girlfriend. and like the few that yeah. probably do do that, like just wait till you get hurt by a woman. woman it's yeah, not exactly. But I want to get into our last question. What single action is the biggest fuck you to heteronormativity? That's a good fucking question. It's so hard. <laughs> it's hard. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think on one hand, living your life queer and really like in people's faces, I think is a huge, like, I don't know what the word is. Like it's punk. It's fucking like rebellious (laughs) and it's badass. And like, just living my life is a fuck you to heteronormativity yeah. um, behind closed doors. I think making women come better than men have is my <laughs> way to say fuck you to all of them. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. I yeah. feel like the biggest thing that I would say is just like being yourself and not like, it's, it's so fucking cheesy. Be yourself. Like you're mm, great. Not giving like, a fuck. But it's just like, yeah, don't give a fuck. Just be who you are. Be who that, be that person loudly don't quiet yourself down around straight mm. people to like, you know, make them feel more comfortable. Just like live your fucking life and say fuck you to whoever doesn't like it. Easier said yeah. than done at times and not always safe. Mm. But I don't know yeah. if there's any other single action. Yeah, I don't know what a single action would be because saying be yourself is kind of like- Right, that's like so many- A actions. lot of actions, you know, <laughs> that's just you like living your truth. I think yeah. just um, living to your own standards and working on rewiring your brain, how we talked about earlier. and. remembering that like heteronormativity is not what you need to subscribe to your whole life like that that's not the way that you need to live your life whether you are straight or not like even in a straight couple you don't need to live that life that's like again nuclear family yeah gender challenge that yeah actively challenge them and actively understand where in your life that you are fitting into those molds and if you want to break out of them yeah change it if you want to say a big fuck you to heteronormativity it's not necessary really we encourage it though we like that (laughs) everyone should try it you You just haven't had the right non-heteronormative thing yet (laughs) (laughs) you haven't had the right queer awakening yet yeah you haven't listened to the right queer podcast yet but but now you are (laughs) yeah (laughs) on that note i feel like uh that's a good note to wrap this up on yeah on that note thank you for listening and if you like us you should give us a nice little five-star rating you should follow us on all the social medias at sapphic survival guide except for twitter which is at sapphic survival and you should join our patreon patreon.com slash sapphic survival guide any of those places you can send us dms questions and uh any information that you want to know Heck yeah. And if you want to follow us on social media personally, I'm Sev. You can find me on Instagram at seven.months. That's all spelled out S E V E N dot M U N S. On Twitter, I'm seven months. And on TikTok, I am lucky.sev. And I always like connecting with you guys. So come say hi. And you can find me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian on all social media platforms. And you can go to my Instagram at Gina Finio, my TikTok at Bisexual Gina, 
my website, ginafineo.com. And if you love Jersey Shore, go listen to Um Hello wherever you listen to podcasts. Class is now dismissed. Bye. Bye. Bye.